It's time for the most interactive radio program in Las Vegas today. It's time for Pushing the Limits with Brian Shapiro. Brian will talk sports, politics, entertainment, and anything that matters to you. Feel free to call Brian at 702-221-7283. You want answers? I want the truth! Now, Pushing the Limits, here's Brian Shapiro. What's up, everybody? Happy Tuesday. PTL time. So glad you could join us. And uh, we're going to have some fun today. we got some uh, big topics to discuss, as always. It's not really been uh, a struggle to find hot topics to discuss in the news over the... I feel like that's been the case the last, like, four or five years. Seems like the news cycle every day, there's there's another big story. Uh, locally here, nationally, we're going to get to the Marshawn Lynch story. The latest here on his possible DUI? Well, we'll get to that uh, later on in the program. More threats have been put forth by the FBI online. They're claiming in the last week or two than in the last several years. So we'll get down to business. We'll talk about that as well. Coming up in hour number two, Channel 3 Sports anchor Brian Salmon will be joining us. The Las Vegas Aces. Game one of the playoffs tomorrow against Phoenix and Diana Taurasi's crew. So we'll talk a little bit about that with Mr. Brian Solomon. Get him ready for the game. Uh, get us all ready for the game tomorrow. The Raiders in full preseason form. We'll talk to him about that as well. He does a great Sunday night show when it comes to Raiders football. A lot to get to. A lot to talk about. And what better person to talk about a DUI arrest, right? Then my man himself, of course, he's the former DA of Clark County. He was Clark County's top DUI prosecutor. Now he defends clients in DUI cases. Thomas Moskal joining us in studio. Thomas, good to see you. How's it going? Hey, Brian. What's going on, man? Not much, not much. No suit and tie today, so I'm, I was thinking, you know, maybe no court cases this morning. No, I didn't have court this morning. I put this on just for you. I appreciate that. You're looking very spiffy today, unlike <laughs> myself. But uh, anyway, thanks for being here. Good to see you. You know, this is what you specialize in, is DUI cases, right? Uh, being a top prosecutor and now on the other side of it. So you know the ins and outs of everything that's gone on here. Before I get to the details of Marshawn Lynch, the first time you heard this story, what went through your mind? I'm curious. Well, the first time I heard this story was actually uh, I was sent a link to the video uh, of the police walking up to him, the body camera footage. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was just immediately looking at it from that perspective. I know that he hasn't had his blood testing done yet. Right. And uh, just analyzing the case as a prosecutor, an ex-prosecutor, now defense attorney, would analyze the case. So what I'm hearing is, according to the report, uh, that corrections officers restrained him in order to draw a blood sample at the Las Vegas jail. Uh, the police are saying that Lynch did not require medical attention. He was arrested at around 8 a.m. I've seen the entire 30-minute video that Metro Police have posted. This is something that usually Metro Police don't do, right? They put it on their Twitter page, if I'm not mistaken, posting part, at least, of this arrest. What does that lead you to believe? Because this is not something that Metro does very often. No, it, I mean, it's look, I'll call it what it is. They're mm -hmm. just seeking some good publicity. Hey, we caught Marshawn Lynch in a DUI. Uh, Metro's been publicizing their traffic arrests and things that they've been doing around uh, Las Vegas here and there, and they've been using Twitter to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, but here with the Marshawn Lynch story, they actually tweeted 
like hashtag breaking news. Yeah, uh, that was weird. Like they're like a news uh, channel or something, like a radio station. Or that was weird. Yeah, and you know, I'm not going to say that like they shouldn't be doing that and they can't do that. But it's I mean, not. It's go ahead and put not it out usual. there. But yeah, they yeah. don't normally do that. No. And now that Marshawn Lynch was arrested, now they are doing that. I kind of have a problem with that because they're not TMZ, right? If you're a news organization uh, or you or you cover the news, whether it would be our show or any show locally, nationally, that's different. That's what you do. But that's not what Metro should be doing. Uh, just to give people a little bit more background. You know this, but I just want to give people a little background on kind of what took place there. Uh, Metro Police arrested uh, Marshawn Lentz for suspicion of driving under the influence. This happened Tuesday morning of last week, not today. Uh, Lynch is facing a misdemeanor DUI and three other charges. Police are saying that they found him asleep in a parked car. Uh, Police said in their report that the 36-year-old was asleep behind the wheel of the car on a street north of the Las Vegas Strip near the Stratosphere. If you know what street I'm talking about, it's not exactly a street where you'd want to take your family and take a walk at night. Let's just leave it at that. Uh, They said the vehicle is a black sports car, which we could see in the video, turned off, noticeably dented. That's important. Missing the rims and tires on the driver's side front wheel. The wheels on on the rear driver's side and the rim and tire on the front passenger side were also nearly detached as well. Uh, the body cam footage has been uh, released, as, as we just mentioned. Uh, I saw 30 minutes of it. Uh, a Las Vegas police officer wrote in the arrest report that they identified Lynch in the driver's seat and that Lynch periodically fell asleep as he was being interviewed. You can see that in the video. The report described Lynch's eyes as bloodshot and watery. Uh, the police officer said he smelled alcohol in his breath and in the vehicle. Uh, Lynch was only wearing one shoe. He told police that he stole the vehicle, but said that he ha- had not been drinking and that he was not using any drugs. Um, Lynch, as I said, was charged with misdemeanor of driving under the influence as well as failure to surrender proof of security, driving an unregistered vehicle, and failure to drive in a travel lane. Uh, He was released after posting a little over $3,000 bail. So this is a very complex case, and obviously I don't have uh, Thomas anywhere near the expertise that you have when it comes to this stuff. What did you make of the actual video when you saw it? Beast mode, not guilty. Why? Like, I'm just going to say this. As a prosecutor, Mm -hmm. you're... They're looking at every case. They're going to make an offer to resolve every case and negotiate these cases, the plea deal that everybody hears about. Even in a capital murder case, you're going to make an offer. So when a DUI misdemeanor comes through the door, you look at the case and you go, is this a good, provable DUI case? Or is this a DUI case that's going to have some issues? And if it's going to have some issues, rather than chancing a not guilty at trial, we offer uh, a plea deal to a reckless driving. That happens a lot. And I'll tell you, a bad DUI case for a prosecutor is when... You have somebody who is not pulled over when they're driving. Police walk up on a car, a person sleeping in their driver's seat with the car off, an inoperable car, obviously. Mm-hmm. So he's not actually driving. I mean, failing to drive in a travel lane, he's not even driving, right? So what's the law so, on that? If you're in a car, and let's just say hypothetically speaking, it, you're drunk, but the car is turned off, you're parked inside the car. Let's just say you own the car, right? I understand this car was not registered. That's a misdemeanor. So, look, there's two ways you go about it. You're either driving under the influence or what they call actual physical control under the influence. And that's where a lot of people go, well, he obviously was doing donuts. He obviously crashed his car. He obviously did all these things. Well, the thing is there's a spectrum, and there's legal analysis that's applied. So actual physical control yeah if you're sitting in your car and the car's on with the key in the ignition and it's in park that is more towards you're going to be charged and convicted of a dui now if you're in your car and the car's on but you're over in the passenger seat 
that's a little bit weaker. If the car's off, but the key's in the ignition, there's all these little factors that come along. And also, let's say uh, you get you get a lot of these cases. A good a good sleep at the wheel case that happens all the time. It would scare people. Is someone's asleep at the wheel, the car's in drive, their foot's on the brake, and they're at a red light, and they've cycled through like ten times before somebody called nine one one. What is a bad case is when somebody's sleeping in a car, the car's off, it's inoperable, and there's no proof or witnesses that he was actually driving. Now, what people are saying is, well, there's 4,000 traffic cameras all over Vegas. Once they get the surveillance, he's going to be toast. I have never once in my entire career seen Metro or the DA's office be able to secure traffic camera footage for Why? two reasons. Well, number one is these are live feed cameras all over Vegas. The the news stations uh, show they do not record because the data storage is just prohibitively costly. So there's a private company that does it, but they do it for profit. So the stuff's expensive, and they don't even get the data from every camera. Mm-hmm. And so unless there's surveillance of a surrounding business, Metro, you're not going to have those traffic cameras. They don't even go get the surveillance from the surrounding business, though. They did that right now in this case. It would only be because they went, oh, it's Marshawn Lynch. And so if anything, they might proceed harsher on Marshawn Lynch just because the case is in the media, even though the case has obvious, obvious issues, proof issues. Well, here's my opinion. Now, that's based on the law and, and what you said makes complete sense. Opinion is very different, and I understand that. My opinions, Marshawn Lynch is an idiot, first of all. Why is your car not registered, number one? Number two, you're driving a very expensive car. You're just looking to be pulled over. Number three, your car is dented. Clearly, you did this. Clearly, he was driving the car. Clearly, he is out of it. I am not buying the fact that he wasn't on something. Okay, He's falling asleep there. What is he doing in that area at 7 o'clock in the morning? His tires are out. Obviously, he God knows what he hit. Uh, whether it was the side of the road, whatever, his tires are ready to fall off. There's dents in his car. He's, even though he doesn't seem to be completely drunk and slurring his words, police, clearly he's on something, okay? I'm not buying the fact that he's just tired. No, I'm not buying that at all. He was there. He was up to no good. He clearly crashed the car and hit something. And what he did prior to that was clearly dangerous to the general public, period. Do I think he deserves to get a DUI? Yes. Do I think he's going to get a DUI based on your expertise and what you just said? Probably not. But Well, there's what you know yeah. and there's what you can prove. Right. Right. And that's what we deal with in court. Look, he obviously was DUI. Anybody's going to look at the situation. He's not legally parked, mm-hmm. as his attorneys tried to put it. He's actually at an angle. It looked like his car may have even skidded in there uh, the way it stopped right at the end, like at the, right at the end of the accident when the tires popped off. All that's there, but no one actually saw him driving. And that's a problem when you're in court on a DUI case. Not even a witness, things. right? If a witness saw something, they could. Oh, yeah. If you got a, a witness, right. Yeah, yeah. But from my understanding of this, is there was not a 911 call that was placed in that someone so what saw do you him think driving. He, he, he probably didn't hit a car then. He probably hit the side of the road. Because if he hit a car, there would be a report on that. Somebody would have reported it, and then you could maybe put two and two together, right? So most likely, he was just doing donuts or something, right? He was doing donuts, and most likely, he hit the sidewalk or something. Is that. Probably. Yeah, I mean, look, there's a property damage thing. He was in his car. He was DUI, but there's no proof that he was actually driving the car. And when the police came up there, he they're going to have to argue that he was in actual physical control. But this could be a guy, and the Rogers case in Nevada controls the analysis. You there's no, there's no law against you being in your car while you're drunk. It's against driving. So the actual physical control thing all relates back to, is it 
did they prove that you were actually going to be driving or you had to drive to that point? Now, there's a good argument for that here. And everything you said is what a prosecutor would say if they had to put this trial on. That being said, there's a lot of judges in this jurisdiction that would give a not guilty on these facts of the case without additional evidence of him driving. And when you're looking at that as a prosecutor, you're saying, let me get what I can out of this case. Let me put him on informal probation, have him take some classes, have him pay a fine. And that's what would normally happens in this case. So if he's not treated that way, he's being treated harsher than what normally happens in the case. And that's only because it's a media case and the DA's office is a political office. So forget about the fact that this is Marshawn Lynch. Forget about money and, and everything else surrounding this case, that it's a high-profile case. If this was just a normal, everyday person, as an attorney, you've been on both sides of this, would you rather be on the prosecution? Would you rather be on the defense team? And why? Oh, I would love to defend this case. I would hate this case as a prosecutor. This is a case as a prosecutor where you might get marching orders from up above to go, do not deal this because it's in the media. And we can't be seen sliding another NFL player a break because that's the way the media is uh, uh, looking at Las Vegas right now. Like all these NFL Raider players are getting cut breaks when in reality, when you look at the the facts of their cases and the situation, they weren't really treated any any different than anybody else was. The facts didn't hold up to what... uh, to what was being alleged originally, you know, the airport connector accident, you know, the guy got his blood tested and he was Josh under, Jacobs, Josh Jacobs. He was under the limit. That's why they didn't file on him. And they wouldn't have filed that case on any citizen if it came back under the limit. Right. So here as a prosecutor. You're looking at a media case on a misdemeanor DUI. You got your hands full with really serious cases where people are getting hurt and killed. And then you might get the call from up above to say, look, litigate this thing all the way and go to trial with it. And we get a not guilty at trial. That's better than us cutting a break in the, in the eyes of the community. I understand what you're saying. I think from an outsider looking in. As I a think, defense attorney? Yeah. Well, I think the laws need so to. There's so much to play with here. Understood. But I think the laws need to change. There's too many people every day that die on the roads because of drunk drivers. And I understand, professionally speaking, you're, you're describing the laws, and, and I agree with you. What you're saying makes a lot of sense to me. I don't have the knowledge you have, but yeah, I would probably rather defend him in this case, too. Uh, mainly speaking because nobody saw him driving the vehicle. I think that's the number one thing here. Well, the, here's the big thing. I mean, I'm a defense attorney now. Mm-hmm. Defense attorneys, how often are you handed a case where there is no defense... Right. There are no issues in the case to litigate. Right. The facts are horrendous. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you still have to provide a defense in those cases. So whenever you have something really strong to play around with, especially a case like this where it's looking like you could get a not guilty at trial, oh, you know, you're going to have some fun with that. Why is it that they're not testing these these people for, for driving? I See, I believe the law, speaking of the laws, need to change. I believe that at any time a police officer should, should be allowed to give somebody a, some sort of breathalyzer test, and I believe it should be mandatory. And I believe if you don't agree to take a breathalyzer, you immediately uh, – assumption immediately that you're drunk and you, and you immediately get it. I really believe that. I, I, and I know that a lot of people are going to say, oh, that's against our constitutional rights. You can't do that. They actually used to do that, and yes, it was ruled unconstitutional. Which I disagree with. Um, if you didn't do anything wrong – See, to me, it's kind of like going through a DUI checkpoint, right? Which, by the way, I've never had any problems with. Is it a little inconvenient? Sure. Does it save lives? Yes. Now, the law says, and you correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm pretty sure I I know this one, that if you go through a DUI checkpoint, you don't have to roll your window all the way down, and you do not have to answer questions. If they ask you, have you been drinking tonight, sir? Just a normal DUI checkpoint. You you, You don't have to answer. You don't have to say one word. That's my understanding. No, you never have to say anything to the police except 
above and be above and beyond just identifying yourself. If they if they ask you for identification, you, you have, have to, to show it. even if you're not suspicious. They're not suspicious of a, of a of a law that you broke. I thought in order to show ID, they have to have reasonable reasonable doubt to believe that you might have broken. Well, the there's law. a reasonable suspicion standard under. You have to be detained, right? Under under Terry, and there's you know they can stop you and ask for identification. But look at a traffic checkpoint. There's yeah. a little bit different laws apply, and the Fourth Amendment is a little bit different in that regard because. Checkpoints are approved. They are temporary seizures, right? They're not allowed to just detain you without any uh, evidence either. Like you're saying, I can't ask you something unless I have suspicion. Well, they're not allowed to just stop you and detain you unless they have suspicion. But checkpoints are different, right? And those those have been approved because there's a legitimate interest in stopping DUI. So these things, this limited detention and this limited questioning, it's okay. But I see these YouTube videos of these clowns, right? Listen, there are bad cops out there. I understand that. But you have people videoing in their cars just trying to give police a hard time. Dude, if they ask you to roll down the window, you roll down the window. If, you have, if you've got nothing to worry about. Let me ask you this, though. With Marshawn Lynch, do you think he should be treated harsher than any average citizen would be? No, I think that's unfair. I think if somebody has money and they're a celebrity, that does not mean that they should uh, be treated any differently. Uh, so, no, I do have a problem with that. I also have a problem with people that have money. Well, there is there is one theory though of that it does make sense to treat him harsher, which is public deterrence. Yeah, because but this misdemeanor DUI is actually in the news. People are paying attention. If you cut him a break, that makes people think that maybe you could get a break cut. In your yeah, but I don't too. agree with that. I don't think we should be treating people differently because of the color of their skin. I don't believe we should be treating people differently because of their celebrity or not. That to me, I think that's completely unfair. Uh, but I'm going to go the other route here. Marshawn Lynch has a lot of money. He's got celebrity attorneys, uh, attorneys that I am not very fond of, but he's get he's got a lot of but money. But you know, these guys, so Chesnoff and Schoenfeld, those are his attorneys, and they represent Henry Ruggs, and they represented Josh Jacobs, and they represented Paris Hilt. Look, they get all the celebrities, uh, in, but the thing with Chesnoff and Schoenfeld is it's cases like this where it's just the defense just falls into their lap. Right, yeah. like this is a highly defensible case. You're just looking at it without more evidence than what they're showing in that video. Highly defensible case to where they can actually come out and make a colorable claim that our client was just legally parked. We feel that he's going to be vindicated at the end of this. Uh, he was not driving the vehicle, and this is the kind of stuff that falls into their lap. So they're going to come out looking really good at the end of this Marshawn. They will. Case. But my point was, you know, you'd ask me, do, you, do I think you know this celebrity should be treated more harsh? Uh, based on you know public opinion and, and a deterrent, I think is the word you used. And I think it's the other way. I think if you're a celebrity and you have a lot of money, uh, you get treated a lot better by our Justice Department. Uh, I mean, I could think of two people, you know, and I talk a lot about race and, and our Justice Department, and, and I talk about the courts, and we're going to talk about the FBI next segment. Um, yes, uh, is uh, do people who are minorities as a whole in this country treated the same as somebody who looks like me? No, probably not, but I'll also give you two people who are black who are treated differently, and it helped them because they're a celebrity and they have money. I'll give you two right now, two very high-profile cases. O.J. Simpson, who I do believe is a double murderer, who got off, and Bill Cosby, who I know is a rapist, who is not in jail right now, raped probably dozens and dozens and dozens of women. But they got off because of who they are. O.J., money, celebrity. Bill Cosby, money, celebrity. Doesn't always work that way, right? Doesn't always work that way. 
But I can tell you right now, Kevin Spacey probably deserves to be behind bars. He's got a lot of money. He's got good representation. So I actually think it goes the other way. I think it's rare when we look at a celebrity and say, oh, that celebrity's being treated very differently. Look at what Jesse Smollett did. Look at all the public outcry. Look at that first case that was thrown out. That was because he was Jesse Smollett. Smollett should have been charged and should have been convicted in that first case. And the only reason why he was charged in the tr- the next trial, the only reason why he was ch- was because of public outcry, right? But Smollett would have been convicted that first time if he wasn't Jesse Smollett. I truly believe that. So it, I think more times than not, celebrities, mainly because they have money, not just because they're famous, are you know get off a lot easier. So I think you can make the argument the other way when it comes to Marshawn Lynch. He has celebrity attorneys. They've been doing this for a long time. They hire, you know, they they cover the cases that are very high profile cases, and you know, he's got a lot of money and he can fight this. He can fight, fight, fight. He has endless money to do so. I mean, I would imagine. So I think if anything, it helps him. I, I do not believe that celebrities should be treated differently, and I go both ways on that one. They should be treated like you or me. Um, but we know that's just not the way it works. They- well, look, a certain amount of people, especially in the justice courts here in the county courts, for misdemeanor DUIs, get reckless driving offers. Mm-hmm. A substantial amount of them do, and it's built around proof issues. And so he would fall, I'm telling you, as soon as that case is your desk, that's falling in the category of, if it were not Marshawn Lynch, if this was just Joe Smith, all right, that's a reckless driving offer, you know, yeah. especially if he doesn't have any priors, Yeah, which I don't think he does. I don't think he does either. You know? Okay, last question. Let me ask you this in a nutshell. As the former Clark County DA and the former top prosecutor when it came to DUIs, in your professional opinion, what do you think happens in this Marshawn Lynch case? Oh, he'll have a uh, maybe a thousand dollar fine. Maybe they could even give him a two thousand dollar fine. They could raise it up to maybe even three thousand, uh, and they'll have a requirement that he attends a victim impact panel, where you listen to uh, somebody talk about losing a loved one in a DUI accident, and then you also take a quick online one hour DUI class, kind of teaching you not to be DUI. It's supposed to be therapeutic, rehabilitative, and uh, case closed. And he'll probably have those two classes done. When he enters his plea, and he'll have the fine ready to be paid in court, and the case will be closed down to a reckless driving right there. If that does happen, which you're you're probably right, um, I hope he learns his lesson. He could have killed somebody. Were you a little? I was a little. Were you a little surprised to see that it was Marshawn Lynch? Yes. That. Yes. Under the influence. Yes. Out there, I was. I was. I mean, this. This is. I've never heard of him being. Uh, he's. He's, he's the kind of guy that the only reason why he ever made headlines, obviously, because being a, a wonderful football player. We all know he was a great player. Nobody's going to take that away from him, and his personality, right? Uh, that cop know. on the beat goes, "Hey, that's Marshawn Lynch." They yeah. go, "Who's that?" He goes, "Man, he's running back. Man, he just run everybody over." <laughs> I'm here, so I won't get found. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's why we know Marshawn Lynch. I mean, besides being the wonderful player that he was, on top of the fact, you know, I think of a guy like a Richard Sherman too. Personalities, right? These guys are great players. Marshawn Lynch was a fantastic player. Great you know? player, and I'll tell you what, I'll we'll never forget that last call that uh, Pete Carroll made, not to hand the ball off to Beast Mode in the Super Bowl. 
Got picked. I remember. Yeah. I remember. It was that. huge. Everybody, why? Yeah. How do you not hand yeah. the ball off to Marshawn yeah. Lynch right there? Well, I'll tell you what. I cannot believe Marshawn Lynch's attorneys are giving me the opportunity to do this because I didn't think he was doing any interviews. But apparently, they're giving me the opportunity to ask Marshawn Lynch uh, one question. Uh, we're very fortunate here. I'm pushing the limits, uh, and I appreciate his attorneys giving me the opportunity. Marshawn, I appreciate you coming on. Can you just be honest with us? Uh, you, you were you were uh, drunk out of your mind. You were chasing women uh, the early morning hours and Tuesday. You were drunk, correct? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I, I appreciate I appreciate his honesty. I, I appreciate I appreciate Marshawn. Thank you, Marshawn. We wish you the best of luck. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Uh, anyway. Anyway, he's Thomas Mosco, the former DA, at Clark County. I'm Brian Shapiro. I've been called worse. Uh, so we're going to take a break, and when we come back. Oh, yeah, we have some more questions for Thomas Moskal, but when it comes to the FBI, when it comes to Donald Trump, when it comes to the raid at Mar-a-Lago, yes, we will be talking about that. We'll be taking your phone calls at 702-221-7283. Again, that number, if you want to be a part of the conversation, is 702-221-7283. When we come back, when is it illegal for you to make a threat to anyone, let alone the FBI, And when do you actually cross the line? Because the FBI is dealing with a lot of online threats right now, and we know why. We'll discuss that coming up next. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Hey, everybody. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York-style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Look, it's impossible for the average person to find a great attorney out there. There's so much misinformation. Now, let me introduce you to former Chief Deputy District Attorney Thomas Moskal. He was Las Vegas' top DUI prosecutor for years. He prosecuted the most high-profile DUI cases in Clark County. No one knows more about DUI law in Nevada. Just Google it. If you get charged with DUI, whether it's a misdemeanor or even more importantly, a felony, you need Thomas Moskal representing you, his relationships with the prosecutors and judges, and his knowledge of DUI law to work for you. So give him a call now or text him at 702-848-5555. It's your life and liberty that's at stake. Don't wait. Call now. That number again, 702-848-5555. I want to tell you guys about one of my favorite doctors in the Valley, Dr. K. She's a board-certified internal medicine physician. She's been in practice for over 20 years, went to Yale. She believes in treating body and mind as a whole by achieving harmony and balance. She offers hormone replacement, Botox, skin rejuvenation, even snoring treatment, because we know how that can be annoying from time to time. Also, plasma treatments and so much more with cutting-edge technology. Please give her a call. 702-410-5779. You could also give her an email at cosmeticaesthetics.lv at gmail.com. Again, that number, 702-410-5779. Call Dr. K. Tell them I sent you, and I promise you won't be disappointed. 
everybody. It's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment, and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. They also offer general wellness exams and treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices. Office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. Shopping is always easy with the Radio Shopping Show. Whether it's shopping during any one of our live shows right here on AM 1400 or listening live on the KSHP app, you can always call in at 702-221-7283 to pick up great deals with your favorite host. Or shop 24-7 at KSHP.com. Go to KSHP.com and select Shopper's Guide to browse hundreds of businesses featured on the show. Place your order online and we'll have it shipped right to your front door. With so many possibilities, it's hard not to shop. Hey, everybody. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York-style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub? And you can be a hero. Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. All right, welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Tuesday. By the way, tomorrow on the show... Michelle Mortensen is going to be joining us. If you don't know Michelle, she's a former uh, reporter, TV, and she is a big Republican. She is a Republican voice, and I've been hearing from listeners, you need a Republican on your show. You need a Republican on your show. All right, well, we're going to give Michelle a a shot at it tomorrow. She's doing the whole show with me, and uh, we'll have some fun, so we'll see how that goes. We were just talking off the air about uh, prenuptial agreements, and I was just telling Thomas... uh, you know, I don't have much to offer a woman these days. I mean, she get a ha- half my clothes, half my broken down car. Eventually, I'm going to have dentures so she could own half of well, that. No, you were saying she's not even getting half. No, she's You're going to negotiate that down in a prenup. She's not. You don't do the prenup where I keep everything. You do the <laughs> prenup where it's like, I'm not going to give you half. I'll give you like 40%. I would sign a, <laughs> I, I would sign a deal with her that said, I'll t- you know, I'll, I'll pay for your fast food once a week. Uh, let's see, what else? I'll fill up your gas tank once a month. I don't know. Something like that. But you're not getting more than that. Sorry, I'm, I'm a hopeless romantic. What can I say, folks? That's why I have testosterone therapy, by the way. Did you know that, Numchuck? I'm on the testosterone therapy. Did you know that? I've known that for a couple weeks now, buddy. Makes you very horny, but that's probably more information than you needed to know. Numchuck, you're looking pretty good, i got to say, man. <laughs> You gotta be nice to the producer. See, he could just cut my mic off there. 
That was a compliment, though. Seriously. Uh, I mean, you know, I was just giving you a compliment. That's all. It's got nothing to do with my testosterone. I don't know why that offended you. Anyway, the good people at Sarah West Urgent and Primary Care uh, have taken care of me. That is true. They have given me the testosterone therapy. They're located at 6125 West Sarah Avenue. I was in and out of there in 20 minutes, man. Most urgent cares you go to, you're waiting for hours. They take most insurance. And if you don't have insurance, $95. No appointment needed. Their number is 702-248-0554, All right, Thomas, so uh, I haven't really had a chance to uh, get down and dirty with you when it comes to uh, what took place at Mar-a-Lago. I wanted to get your overall opinions first. I mean, here's obviously what we do now, right? We, we know that uh, there was a search warrant. We know that uh, Garland signed off on it. Uh, we know that they found at least 15 boxes of sensitive material, some more uh, sensitive than others. Uh, and uh, we know, at least by Donald Trump's own words, that they went into his safe. They took his passports. Uh, we don't know a lot else, but we do know that Garland uh, went out there, and we'll get into this, talking about threats that the FBI are getting and you know, uh, people going after the FBI that are big Trump supporters, including Donald Trump himself. But overall, before I get to uh, details, what were your thoughts on this raid? Well, I guess the most telling thing is that you know the search warrant was approved, because we haven't actually seen the affidavit of facts that was uh, told to the judge to get the search warrant approved, but we know that it was for a violation, potential, probable cause to believe there's a violation of the Espionage Act. And, uh, you know, that's the same act that Ed, that Snowden was prosecuted under. Uh, and so, it's a pretty serious crime, and it carries a pretty hefty penalty if they really wanted to chase it down. So, I guess that's the most telling thing. Yeah, I, I think, to me... These this- are top, well, the other thing, too, these are top-secret documents right yeah and if you look at uh some of them tssci i mean it doesn't get more secretive than that those are the documents where you have to enter a special building phones are getting checked in like you're at the stand-up comedy show uh these are data leak proof uh facilities and you're only allowed to look at the document while you're in there that's how sensitive they are and so those are the only two things i could really make out of the warrant though washington post comes out with a story that uh alleges based on sources that this had something to do with our nuclear weapons, that these were highly sensitive documents. My question is, why didn't Donald Trump comply with the subpoena earlier? Because we know that he did not. And even though his attorneys claim that uh, they returned everything, they clearly did not. That was a lie. My question is, why? Why did Donald Trump decide to adamantly take these documents to Mar-a-Lago? Again, we don't know exactly what were in these documents. We know some of them were very highly sensitive materials, boxes of highly sensitive documents. My question is why? There has to be a reason he didn't do it for the fun of it. And, you know, there's all sorts of rumors going around, right? He was trying to sell highly sensitive material to our, to, you know, it could have been to, to a foreign entity. It uh, could have been any, any reason, anything along those lines. But there is a reason. I'm not buying the fact that this was just accidental. I'm not buying the fact that some of his attorneys might say that, you know, uh, he declassified the documents because there's a process you have to go through the declassified documents. You don't just wave a magic wand as the president and say, okay, that's declassified. There is a process you have to go through. So... I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of unanswered questions right now. That's what happens in an open investigation, especially a high-profile one. But what did you make of Garland's comments? Because usually you won't see the FBI come out and make statements in the middle of an open investigation. What exactly did he say? Well, basically what Garland said was he signed off on it and uh, he was defending the FBI, uh, particularly talking about uh, some comments. And I think we actually do have a little bit of audio that I'll play for you. And this was uh, several days ago when Garland uh, spoke and held an impromptu press conference. Here's a little bit of what Garland had to say. First, 
I personally approved the decision to seek a search warrant in this matter. Second, the department does not take such a decision lightly. Where possible, it is standard practice to seek less intrusive means as an alternative to a search and to narrowly scope any search that is undertaken. Third, let me address recent unfounded attacks on the professionalism of the FBI and Justice Department agents and prosecutors. I will not stand by silently when their integrity is unfairly attacked. The men and women of the FBI and the Justice Department are dedicated, patriotic public servants. Every day, they protect the American people from violent crime, terrorism, and other threats to their safety while safeguarding our civil rights. Thomas, what do you make of that? Well, he's got his agents' backs, mm-hmm. as he should. Uh, you know, this is being fought in the media. Look, Donald Trump's attorneys, he's got a, he's got a cadre of attorneys that are filing lawsuits all over the place. They could have... They could have asserted a motion under, you know, there, there, there's a rule 41F, 41G of the criminal procedure where they could allege that the search was illegal and they could move. The, the problem is the remedy is the return of the property, right? And the property's not his. So there's no reason for him to file that. But if they really wanted to look at what the affidavit said, that would be a way to get discovery and get the court to order that that evidence be turned over to see what was said in the affidavit. Yeah. So there's the aspect, Thomas, that we're talking about, which is the actual warrant what did they find i do believe donald trump is in a lot of trouble we'll get to that but then there's the other aspect of it which are threats to the fbi we know that what took place in cincinnati where a deranged trump supporter goes in there and is trying to execute and kill innocent people fbi agents uh he was taken down we know that the fbi has stated on the record that they've had a ton of threats more threats in the last few weeks than they've had in the last few years i want to give you some background on this and then i want to get your thoughts on this i think this is it's it's terrible but it's it's also from a legal standpoint it's an interesting conversation so donald trump claimed yesterday that he will quote do whatever he can to bring down the temperature following the raid last week but his behavior speaks otherwise donald trump has gone on on uh, truth social and some of the right-wing cronies that support him with platforms have made unsubstantiated claims that the fbi could have planted things at mar-a-lago that this was a political witch hunt um and there are truth social postings that shows Trump supporters have spent the past week doxing both Judge Bruce Reinhart. He's the local judge who signed off on this. There was even on Brian Kilmeade's show, uh, they showed an image of Bruce Reinhart with, uh, I believe it was Maxwell, uh, in a picture that uh, was clearly superimposed, trying to make it out that Bruce Reinhart was some sort of pedophile, uh, which clearly he's not. They put that up there and then later had to put up some sort of retraction. Uh, Besides that, the FBI agent involved in preparing this request, as well as their families, have been put up on Truth Social, including names and pictures, home addresses, phone numbers, places of work, private offices. And here's the thing. On Truth Social, that is not illegal. There is nothing in their verbiage. If you look at the verbiage of Twitter, Facebook, and just about every other social media platform, you can't do that. You can't dox. That is illegal. And you can be fined or arrested. But on Truth Social, Trump allows it. Why? Because he knows those people on Truth Social are on his side. And now, I'm telling you, if this continues, there's going to be violence, inevitably. People are going to get hurt, and people may die. 
Now, the FBI has made some arrests with some of these social media postings, but we can't find everybody. We know that. There's thousands and thousands of people that are making statements like this. So my question to you is, where do you draw the line? Do you need somebody to say, we need to execute this FBI officer, or we need to go after this officer's wife. Her name is blah, 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 blah. She needs to be taken out. Obviously, that's a crime, right? That's a clear and present threat. But what if you're one of Donald Trump's cronies? What if you're somebody, you know, if you're somebody who has worked for Donald Trump in the past, and we've learned that there is at least one person that has worked for Donald Trump in the past that has put up names, numbers, all that stuff on Truth Social? Isn't that the line that you can't cross, and what are the legalities there? Well, well you're talking about what you can prove. Yeah. And when you come into court, of course, the clearer that it is that what your intention was behind what you did, and it had certain ramifications and consequences, the better your case is. Mm-hmm. And so when you're just putting contact information up there, it's a harder case to prove. And I think you would also require more than just putting somebody's contact information up there. There'd have to be an action. And then that action's by some unrelated party. And it's kind of like what was going on on January 6th. It's like, who were you inciting? Did you specifically intend them to do that? Did they have a chance to kind of sit back and make their own decision on it? And, uh, it, you know, it's not something I necessarily you'd want to get in front of a jury at the end of the day if you were defending that case. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, that's what it comes down to. It's it's a, it's a spectrum of proof. Mm-hmm. 100% provable, 0% we can't prove it, and there's a lot of in between. I guess I want to ask people, ask some of the listeners this question, and I'll open up the phone lines. And the question is this. What do you think should happen if somebody goes on social media, in this case, Truth Social, puts the names and the numbers and the names and the addresses of those FBI agents and their family members on Truth Social? Do you believe that should be a crime? And even if you don't, do you think that is inciting violence? I say yes. I'm pretty sure Thomas would agree with me on that. The number to call is 702-221-7283. Again, that number, if you want to be a part of the conversation, is 221-7283. We are seeing now, Thomas, what I believe some of which we saw, the result of January 6th. You have a a former president of the United States inciting violence when you go on your social media platform this is the former president of the united states a huge platform i don't care whether it's truth social or whether he goes on fox news whatever and when you make a claim which i do not believe to be true there's no evidence to prove that it's true that the fbi might have planted evidence at mar-a-lago there's no just like there was no real evidence that he won the 2020 election and then we saw january 6th happen we know what the end result was there when you continue to lie, and then when he says and makes a statement, uh, I want to, uh, you know, uh, what I want to do is I want to make the temperature go down, which he's not doing, because if that was the case, he would go on Truth Social and say, any of these threats towards FBI, regardless of whether you agree with the raid or not, it can't happen. But he's not doing that. He's not doing that. So I believe this is incitement. If, in fact, Thomas, and I hope this doesn't happen. Yeah. If a member of law enforcement could be an FBI agent or a police officer, whatever the case, if we learn that somebody lost their life or somebody was attacked and we learn to, to this person's background that it's Donald Trump, uh, you know, this was a Donald Trump supporter, this was somebody on Truth Social, can we not blame or put partial blame on the former president for doing so, for lying about what the FBI allegedly did at Mar-a-Lago? 
Well, of course, yeah. I mean, you can you can put blame on him, but as far as legal consequences, I mean, it's a li- it's a little tougher thing uh, to even tie it directly to him. And he, you know, that's the thing. He's been saying this this kind of stuff for so long. It, there's almost a consistency in the message that he sends, right? And so there's always this argument that he doesn't even know what he's saying is false. Yeah. Number to call if you want to be a part of the program. Do you do you believe that what the former president is doing? In claiming or alleging, I guess, that the FBI has planted evidence at his Mar-a-Lago home, do you believe that is incitement? Do you believe that can cause violence? Do you believe it will cause violence? Number to call is 702-221-7283. And again, that number, if you want to be a part of the conversation, 221-7283. We have the former uh, head lead prosecutor on DUIs and the former, of course, uh, former top prosecutor, as I mentioned before, and the, the district attorney here uh, in Clark County, Thomas Moskal. Two two one seven two eight three. Let's go to John. John, what's up, man? Hey, man. Hey, Thomas. Uh, I need your opinion first, real quick, before we get into this Donald Trump crap. Uh oh. Um, if, if you were given the choice, it's a trap. To go to a Raiders <laughs> to go to a Raiders preseason game. Or the Aces' final game of the season with Sue Bird playing her last game, the last game of her career, last regular season game of her career. And we have a chance to button down the number one overall seed in the standings. Which, uh, which uh, game would you Hold play? on, let me preface that by also saying at the Raiders game I was offered a suite with gourmet food, open bar, uh, luxurious seating. So he forgot to put that in there. At the Raiders Oh, he's game. talking about you. Yeah, of course he is. Oh, yeah, yeah. I feel like the right answer... Is to go to the Aces game? I feel like that's the right thing. The politically to say. correct answer. You know what that is? It's not the right answer. Um, well, yeah. It's- ding, 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 ding. <laughs> I knew you were a smart man, Thomas. <laughs> yeah. Well. Hey, look, man. It, 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 Trump's, a, Trump's a scumbag, man. Of course. Like, look, January 6th, Thomas, they explained to uh, uh, Brian there what the but for rule is in, in the legal in the law. Uh, you know, on January 6th, but for. Uh, the speech that he gave and all the encouragement he gave, that, that insurrection does not happen. In fact, the people that were arrested and prosecuted and convicted, they they thought they were marching on his order. So, look, uh, this guy's a scumbag. He's already thrown four pieces of crap against the wall, and none of them are sticking. I, I saw something today. Uh, I'm, I'm not in my uh, in my desk, but... You know the the FBI, uh, the, uh, the just the Department of Justice sent him an email saying we returned your uh, we're going to return your passports and then like a half an hour after that he didn't even know they were gone he said they stole my passport so look this guy is doing so much damage to this country our children are growing up thinking you know hey whenever you do something wrong you just lie and lie and lie and if they shoot it down you lie and lie and lie some more it's 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 the fabric of this nation is is being destroyed. I've said it a thousand times. I voted for Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan and Tip O'Neill were polar opposites on the political spectrum, but they had a sense of common decency. They had a sense of compromise. Uh, and this guy is just destroying this country. It's absurd. Um, if it's not illegal, it should be illegal. The answer your question, it should be illegal. It should be a crime. But if it's not, I say we unleash the power of the Internet and, and we find out who... Who uh, who's the person behind doxing the uh, the, the FBI uh, folks and any other public official? And we dox them back. So it's just a sad state of affairs. What do you say to that, Thomas? 
Well, you know, I, I think one of the things that we're looking at with Donald Trump is he's really being treated with kids' gloves. I mean, the only thing that we can hearken back to is the Nixon times and how Nixon was investigated. Uh, and, you know, he was in he was the unindicted co-conspirator of people who were indicted on criminal charges. I mean, as a former president, he had to be he had to be pardoned yeah. uh, to actually have his criminal liability like taken off the table. And he was also forced to testify in front of Congress. You know, I mean, I think after his presidency, I mean, it was 10, 11 hours of testimony he was forced to be forced to have. And, uh, you know, here with Donald Trump is just kids gloves, despite everything that, that's going on. And uh, it's just a reluctance of authorities to really go after people. And I see that on a local level. Uh, what do you nowadays. think? What do you think, think of the comparisons, though? Because a lot of people on the right are they're going to bring up Hillary Clinton's emails. They're going to bring up Hunter Biden's laptop, which is what they're doing constantly. Right. And. What I say to that, not from a Democrat's perspective, I just as just a logical American, is that Hillary Clinton testified 11 hours under oath. Hillary Clinton was investigated eight times by Republicans when it came to Benghazi, the Benghazi attack. And I also think there's a big difference between a server and taking actual documents from the White House to your Mar-a-Lago home. And again, we don't know what was in those documents. could be even more serious than we think. I mean, it could be about our nuclear uh, capabilities. It could be. I don't know. That's what the Washington Post is reporting. I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, to me, it's apples to oranges. I mean, what do you make of that? You know, what about Hillary Clinton? What about Hunter Biden? The politicals, you know, the politicization of, of, of the FBI, and they're going to go after you too if you, if you support Donald Trump. What do you make of that? Well, everything is political, so it's a real easy thing to just say about when you characterize what's happening as these are political moves. Look, everything that's happening in our society from top to bottom has mm-hmm. a political nature to it. And so I'm not saying that it's true, but I'm saying it's readily acceptable when people hear that. They go, oh, yeah, it, it sounds like that might be what's happening. What I'm saying is we don't know our own history and if people were really students of history, because we're getting into that era now where people don't remember the Nixon times, and he's being treated with kids' gloves, with kid gloves. I mean, the allegations in, in, in Watergate that came out that there was some kind of election tampering mm-hmm. and that these things were happening. Yeah. Now, they had to break into a building back then. Now things are a little bit more technologically savvy. You don't have to have guys with flashlights breaking into a building in the middle of the night. Uh, but there just hasn't been any action taken on it. The thing that, and by the way, the number to and call... Just, and just because that search warrant got mm-hmm. granted an issue doesn't mean there's going to be any further action on this. That's true. At all. That's true. And if they don't, in my personal opinion, if they don't find anything and Donald Trump is not indicted, then the FBI is going to have a serious problem. Well, even if they find something, yeah. look, they got their documents back. They don't necessarily have to file charges yeah. on him. Yeah. Number to call, by the way, if you want to be a part of the conversation, 702-221-7283. Again, that number, 221-7283. Uh, while I think that you know if they don't have anything on trump and if trump is not indicted this is going to make the fbi look really bad here's my opinion on what i think i believe that they absolutely have the goods i cannot sense to understand that garland and the fbi decided to raid former president's home 
with if-if evidence. I just can't fathom that. They had to have known that this was going to be one of their biggest cases in decades and decades. They had to know that they were going to get flack. They had to know that if we're going to do this, we better know what we're getting. We better have the goods to get this guy. That's my personal Well, it's not opinion. even about the goods to get this guy. Maybe it's about just going down there and getting the documents. Maybe yeah. there are some political motivations behind it. Maybe those motivations are going to backfire. Mm-hmm. Who, who knows what's going on? All I'm saying is this is unprecedented that this guy is going to announce his candidacy with all these – this is not just one criminal investigation. He's got criminal investigations going on all over the place. Uh, you could say where there's smoke, there's fire. But on the other hand, the flip side of that coin is, come on, this is Donald Trump. Everybody's been looking at him, scrutinizing everything for years now. You would think they would have something concrete on this guy. Do you think they do? No, I would say if they if they if they would have found something by now, they well they, maybe they, they did. They've they've been well. Then <laughs> you th- I'm asking you. Do you think they did? I'm asking you that. Do you think they found something concrete? If in your estimated guess, what would you say? With the powers that be, a sitting president conspiring uh, with a Russian leader, uh, if they, if they're just sitting on something like that. You know, those were a lot of allegations that were thrown out, yeah. that, 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 there, that there was these, uh, con- this conspiracy between mm-hmm. them to get him elected. And, you know, I don't know what to make of it. I would just think, just from just pure speculation, if you had something really concrete showing that Donald Trump was basically just completely unfit, aside from all the rhetoric that he's spitting out, I get the rhetoric's horrible, and it's horrible for the country. Yeah. But actually, criminal conduct... They could take him out of the running for being president because both parties don't want him up there. And that's how it was in 2016. Both parties did not want Donald Trump up there. Well, we right? know. We he know. He just gained the momentum. Yeah. We know, though, that he's under investigation at a minimum for the Espionage Act, right? So now Rand Paul is the same guy who went on Fox News the other day and also made the claim that uh, the FBI allegedly could have easily planted documents. Well, now Rand Paul is calling to repeal the Espionage Act, uh, which is is incredible to me. And the only reason why he's doing that, speaking about political, is to defend Donald Trump, which many, sadly, on the right that are still in office continue to do. What do you make of that? When the FBI comes out and, and, you know, one of of the things that they're looking for is possible breaking the the Espionage Act. And I don't know if they actually said that, but that's the reports that are out there. There can be no bigger threat to national security than the leaking of top-secret information to people that shouldn't have it in their hands. Right. And someone who was sitting in the presidency should have, have more accountability on that. The Espionage Act has been used to severely prosecute and punish whistleblowers people who came out and said hey the government is doing things that they should not be doing to the populace let's talk about snowden and just surveillance and things that were not supposed to be happening but the government was doing behind the scenes these whistleblowers who there's a colorable argument that they actually were doing something positive for the american people by blowing the whistle on it bringing these things to light have been punished under this act so of course a former president if there's any truth to sharing vitally uh sensitive information that could threaten our national security or even jeopardizing it but especially the sharing of it if there's anything with that uh yeah we have got to take a huge step to this uh this is really a point in our nation's history where it's like how much deference are you going to give to a civilian who gets elected to that office yeah 
Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, one of the worst things you can do, I think, as a current or former president or politician, for that matter, is taking sensitive documents and, and possibly giving that information oh. or putting it in the hands of people that are our enemies. It, I don't think there's anything it, worse than that. It has been punishable by death right? in history. Yeah, uh, there's no question about that. And that's why uh, I, I personally believe Donald Trump's in a lot of trouble. And he knows it. And how do I know that? By his own words. Hours after his place was raided by the FBI. He made the claim that he believed that the FBI could have planted yeah, things. Yeah, but how about this? What, I want to know exactly what the top secret documents were, how sensitive they were, because, look, if these, are not, if these aren't the real sexy kind of documents and secrets, what they've said, make, though, you're going to make them a martyr. Well, what they, I agree. You but, proceed on a case, and these documents are kind of like, oh, we know that they're at not least, sexy to a jury? We, need, we know that at least one of the boxes were the most highly of sensitive documents. We know that for sure. Raised to that level. Uh, so we don't know what was in that box, but that's all it takes. One box with the high, most highly sensitive documents, and if it had anything to do with our nuclear weapons, if that is true, according to the Washington Post, to me, there's nothing worse than that. And then we have to ask the question, why? Why was he doing this? Why did he have those documents in his house? And you know, I do believe the FBI will probably uh, get down to business and, and, and maybe find out why he was doing this. Why didn't he, uh, why wasn't he okay with a subpoena months back? Why didn't, why did the, his attorneys lie? These are questions that need to be answered. There's a reason for it. This was not accidental. I think we all could agree on that. And eventually we'll get more information as time goes on. Uh, he's Thomas Moskal. I'm Brian Shapiro. We're going to take a quick break. We'll take some calls when you come back. When we come back, 702-221-7283. And again, that number if you want to be a part of the conversation. Questions, comments, 702-221-7283. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. You are listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Tuesday. So glad that you can join us. By the way, to our listeners out there, we got a fun show lined up for you Friday. We are going to be at the Sapphire Pool, Sapphire Gentlemen's Club, topless pool, optional. Well, maybe not optional to the employees. I think they have to take their top off. I don't know exactly what the rules are there. I don't know. Nobody wants me taking my top off. I'll tell you that right now. But we're if gonna... it's not a law, it should be. It should be, right? Well, yeah, maybe you know that maybe that's something I could get into with Thomas. Why is it that men can take their shirt off and be topless, but women cannot? Uh, that's something you just gave me a topic to discuss. Thank you. But uh, anyway, we're going to be at Sapphire Gentlemen's Club. We're broadcasting live there Friday, noon to 2 p.m. at the Sapphire Pool. Uh, we have some celebrity guests that are going to be there. Of course, besides Thomas, you'll be able to meet Mr. Moskal in person. Chris Wynn is going to be, be there. Uh, the guy we got coming up at the bottom of the hour, Brian Salmon from Channel 3 Sports, is going to be co-hosting with me. He will be there as well. Uh, William Hung from American Idol, he's going to be joining us at the Sapphire Pool. Maybe we get him to sing a little She Bangs, She Bangs. Uh, so that'll be interesting. And Showtime Sean Porter, former world champion. Uh one of the best boxers of my generation, for sure. For sure, and, and God, what a great guy! Uh, so Showtime's going to be joining us live at the pool as well. Uh, these are married men, though, so I don't know how that's going to work for them. Uh, Showtime's a happily married man, and and I believe uh, so is Brian Salmon. Well, not uh, it's not that I I believe I know that I went to the his wedding for crying out loud. So I don't know. I have to ask Brian about that. Like, is he allowed to look? Is his wife going to let him look at some of these beautiful women running around the pool? I don't know. I don't know how that works. 
Most times in marriages, they say, well, you can look, but you can't touch, which I understand. Uh, you know, you can't really police looking, right? You can't, you can't really do that. Anyway, Sapphire Gentlemen's Club, we're going to be at the pool. You're all invited Friday, noon to 2 p.m. We're going to be having a great time, great drinks over there, uh, full bar, great food, great atmosphere, and we are going to have fun. I might not even mention Donald Trump's name on Friday. I'm probably going to be in a really good mood. Donald Trump just puts me in a bad mood. I don't know. But anyway, Thomas will be there as well, so it's going to be a fun time. All right, Thomas, speaking of Donald J. Trump. I'm going to read to you. He's been tweeting away on social. Can I say tweet on social truth? No, I don't know. True. I think it's truthing. Or he's been truthing. You, yeah. Look, it says, yeah. Re, it says retruth on it. A retruth. Yeah. Give me a retruth. Yeah. Because everything Donald Trump says is truthful. But anyway, um, I'm going to read you this truth tweet or whatever it was that he put out there, and then I want you to respond to it. This was uh, not too long ago, within the last uh, day or so. This is what he tweeted out. He tweeted out. There's no way to justify the unannounced raid of Mar-a-Lago, the home of the... First of all, can I just stop there for a second? I'm not going to be able to get through this. What are they supposed to do? Announce a raid, you stupid idiot? Oh, uh, Mr. Former President, we're going to raid your place, so if you have any documents that you don't want us to grab, you better shred them. We'll give you an hour. Don't worry, you stupid fool. I'm sorry. I just... I can't get through this. Unannounced raid. Is that how the FBI works? Are they supposed to give you like a warning? Anyway, let me start over again. This is such buffoonery. There is no way to justify the unannounced raid of Mar-a-Lago, <laughs> the home of the 45th president of the United States. I like how he had to put that in there. We didn't know that, Mr. President. Who got more votes by far than any sitting president in the history of our country. You lost the popular vote to Hillary Clinton in... Do- I, I'm saying this now. He didn't. He lost the popular vote to Hillary Clinton in 2016. He lost the popular vote to Joe Biden. But he won't say that. He said he by far got more votes than any sitting president in the history of our country. Oh, except for the guy that's in there right now. By a very large number of gun-toting FBI agents and the Department of Justice. But in the interest of transparency, I call... Yeah, because when I think of transparency, the first thing I think about, the first name I think about is Donald Trump. Uh, I call for the immediate release of the completely unredacted affidavit pertaining to this horrible and shocking break-in. Also, the judge on this case should recuse. <laughs> there are so many things in here that are so ridiculous. Uh, by the way, he mentions the term transparency, and the guy has pleaded the fifth like over 500 pounds. Uh, 500, well, he might be 500 pounds. 500 times uh, in his case in New York, by the way. This is a guy who said, if you plead the fifth, you're either a mobster or you're guilty. Donald J. Trump has pleaded the fifth. I don't know. I've, I've had some commentary on that. Um, truth tweet that he put out there what are your thoughts on that statement uh what do you think (laughs) everything he said is ridiculous let's start with the first uh, sentence when he's like unannounced raid look the polite thing to do is to just announce that you're gonna do a little raid uh yeah yeah, but the whole point of place The whole point of them doing that... Two days notice. (laughs) Yeah, let's give you some notice. The whole point of them doing that is trying to get things in there and you don't know that... He doesn't shred documents. I mean, let's get that straight. He throws them in the toilet. In the toilet. Yeah, that's true. That's right. He throws, and then he throws people them come the by toilet. and take yeah. photos yeah. Yeah. of documents in the toilet. Yeah. So he just uh, also truth tweeted, so FBI, why no raid of Hunter Biden's house? Well, first of all, Mr. Former President, number one, Hunter Biden is not a politician. He's not a former president. That's number one. His father's the president. That's number one. Number two, why would they raid his house? 
why are they what are they trying to find is there evidence to prove that they need to raid his house for like child porn or something because i'm pretty sure if that's what he was doing they would have been in there by now what are they going to raid all they're going by is past videos of him snorting cocaine and hanging out with hookers why would they raid they wouldn't certainly raid his house for that uh it's also an open investigation he is being investigated right now. Does the former president not? Why is it Hunter Biden, the, the right? Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden. We know it. Hunter Biden's a screw up. We know it. The guy's a screw up. And while Joe Biden uh, wouldn't admit that publicly, his son Hunter has suffered. And by the way, I'm not trying to say that if you have a substance abuse problem, you're necessarily a screw up. You have your issues. And I am sympathetic to that. Clearly, Hunter Biden has had some substance abuse issues. The reason why I call him a screw up is at least in my personal opinion, he makes his father look bad because he's an idiot. You know, he's doing all these illegal things. What's but- worth, worse, uh, sniffing cocaine or sniffing little kids' hairs? Uh, sniffing cocaine because uh, <laughs> that's illegal. <laughs> but I will say that you know, only because it's illegal. Well, listen, uh, I, I'll You're be such a law-abiding citizen. I'll man. be honest. <laughs> I'll be you honest know? and say, like, when he does the, the, and he hasn't done that in a while. But there are videos I, out there. Where I, he, I'll tell you what, man. Snort all the coke you want in your own time. Leave my son's hair alone. Do you really you freak? Do you really, <laughs> <laughs> man? If somebody did that right in front of me, just some guy just bends down and starts sniffing my son's hair. <laughs> it is a little creepy. It's. Yeah, it is. I don't creepy. care who you but are. But do you feel like Joe? Okay, we all know, yeah, a creepy grandparent or somebody, a grandpa or a grandma that a little creepy, a little uh, touchy feely, a little. That doesn't mean that it's sexual. It's fine to be if it's your grandma. If it's the kid's grandma, not just some random old person who just comes up. He, at times, I'm, he's been a little digress, too touchy. But I digress. Well, I digress. listen, why aren't done- they raiding Joe Biden's office? <laughs> For what? What were they yeah. trying to find in there? Man, I mean, with all his that Alzheimer, his Alzheimer you know? medication. Uh, what, are, what are they going to find in there in the bunker? What are they going to find? Listen, man, uh, have there been some times? I bet where, they announce the raid before they go on Biden. I bet they do. They they might. Yep. Yeah, they might. Here's here's a, a a big difference though that I'd like to point out. When former and I, I know we're having fun here, we're joking, but the the Trump supporters out there, they, they do want to talk about Joe Biden sniffing hair. What they don't want to talk about is the fact that there's 25 women that have accused Donald Trump of sexual assault or rape, including his late ex-wife, Ivanka, uh, who is now buried, I believe, on his golf course for tax purposes because he wanted to save money on his taxes, who claimed that he raped her. That was in court documents. But Trump supporters, and by the way, any of those claims are far more serious than Joe Biden ever doing, you know, sniffing hair, which he has done several times on camera, which I admit is creepy. And and, and by the way, I'm glad he's not doing that anymore because I think he's been criticized for it enough. Well, he the last time was when? It's been it's been several it's been a years. While. It's it's been a while since since something like that happened. That's good to know. Yeah, yeah. But um, you know, a lot of people on the right they want to talk about Hunter Biden's laptop. And uh, what people fail to realize is there's plenty of Republicans within the FBI. Oh yeah, including the FBI director. Wait a second. If this is Joe Biden's DOJ and this is Joe Biden's, you know, FBI and and, and all that, last I checked, it was Donald Trump that appointed the Republican uh, leader of the FBI right now. But Republicans, they call it Joe Biden's DOJ, and this is Joe Biden. Everything's Joe Biden. I thought Donald Trump uh, appointed only the best. I thought he hired only the best. 
What happened to that theory? Now we're learning that Rudy Giuliani is now in a lot of trouble, and he might have you know, pushed the theory of these fake electorates. Now we've learned that he's under investigation. All these people around Trump, Devin Nunez, as far as Truth Social goes, Nunez is now under investigation, and they want all of his documents. It appears to me that if you're in Donald Trump's inner circle, you're going to have to deal with subpoenas. You're, you're going to have to deal with everything. If you work for Donald Trump, you're going to be investigated for doing something wrong for the most part. I mean, just about everybody in Donald Trump's inner circle at one point or another has been investigated for something. Yeah, they're really pushing the envelope with how much they can get away with. I mean, look, this whole, like, putting forth a narrative in the media and trying to control the narrative whenever some kind of crisis or crises pops up, I mean, it's an age-old thing, you know? They've just taken this to a, another level, said, like, let's let's put this on 100% extreme and just see how far we can go with this game plan. Yeah. And it's taken them quite far. I mean, that's the astounding thing to a lot of Americans. It's like, man, you've taken this quite far, and it's still working. It's still working. <laughs> but, you know, they want to talk about, uh, you know, the Russian farce. Uh, the, you know, they, they want to talk about the Mueller report and how that was a witch hunt, which it wasn't. Because if anybody read the Mueller report, which I actually did, and if you actually go through it, you will see there were at least 10 instances that Mueller pointed out that could have uh, been considered obstruction. And Mueller was asked, after the presidency, could it be possible to charge him with a crime based on this report? Yes. He said yes on multiple occasions. That was not a farce. And again, there are instances in there where you could absolutely make the argument that, that the president of the United States you know, was, was obstruction. So they want to claim that there's nothing there, and there was something there. It didn't rise to the level, according to their opinion, of charging him criminally. And I think that's important to note. And again, when it comes to Hunter Biden's laptop, the guy's a screw up. It doesn't necessarily mean that he committed any crimes. Uh, I think that's important. I think that's important to note. 702-221-7283 is the number to call. Again, that number, 221-7283. Let's go to Fernando. Fernando, what's going on? Hey, guys. Uh, good show. Um, refresh my memory on this Hunter laptop. Wasn't it discovered in April of 2020? Yeah, I, I, I believe it was 2019, not 2020. My understanding is that he allegedly dropped it off at this place for repair. And then this yeah. guy that owned the repair shop, this blind guy who uh, owned a repair shop, uh, gave it to the FBI. Uh, that's my understanding. I don't have all the specifics right in front of me. But I think it is very, not I think, I know. It is in very, yeah. v- very important to note. Hunter Biden was never an elected official. Not even assemblyman. He was never a politician. And there is nothing, nothing at all linking Hunter Biden uh-huh. to his father of any wrongdoing. Uh, we know that this laptop belonged to, to, to Hunter. Uh, I'm reading a little bit about it. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was dropped off at this shop in, in April of 2019, as I said. Uh, never collected by a person identifying himself as Hunter Biden. So he never went back and, and took it. I would like to think as much okay. of a screw-up as Hunter Biden is, if he had damning some, anything damning on a laptop, he probably would have gone back to pick it up. That's just my personal opinion. This is what gets me. Um, Trump was president. He had Barr as a attorney general. They had their chance to subpoena this laptop right. months. 
Yeah. Or a year and a half, and they didn't do it. That's a very so good point. Not, Fernando, that's a it's very it's a very good point, Fernando. And you know what my answer or my response is to what you just said, and you make a very valid point? Mm-hmm. Maybe there's yeah. nothing there. Maybe they were that's briefed. Exactly. Maybe they were briefed by the FBI, and there's no there there. And it's a talking point by the right, because I agree with you. If there was something there, and Donald Trump and Barr had any opportunity to go after Joe Biden's son, mm-hmm. remember, this was the time where they knew that Joe Biden was his number one political enemy and that Joe Biden would be running against him for the president. Don't you think Barr and Donald Trump would have done everything in their power to get that subpoena? I believe they were briefed. The FBI said there's nothing there. There's nothing in this uh, mm-hmm. laptop that to the level of criminality. That's what I think. Yeah, exactly right. You're right on it. Hey, guys, take care now. All right, thanks, Fernando. Appreciate the call. Does that make sense, Thomas? I mean, I'm not a... I'm not a, what what you would call an experienced legal mind like you are, but what I'm saying does that does that make sense? It does, but I bring that same rationale to the Donald Trump situation. Like, if he had done anything extremely heinous that would really make headlines, it would have come to light. They've been they've been investigating and digging through this guy for years now. Right. So I it, I, I I do I I agree with what you're saying, and I, I think it kind of goes the other way too, and that's why I think these top secret documents. I'm telling you, if if they're not, they're real sexy, put it in front of the jury. I can't believe that he had these documents, and it was something where it's just, yeah, yeah they're they're considered top secret classified, but you mm-hmm. put this in front of a normal person, they're like, whoop-dee-doo. Thomas, there has to be a there there. And so, I, I understand what you're saying. There has to be a there there. I said that from the beginning. I said, I don't believe that Garland, who got the Oklahoma City bomber and, and, and has had some huge cases in his career, never leaked anything out. 100% you know, pro- prosecuted some of the biggest cases in his career. I don't believe he would do this unless there was a there there. I mean, he took ownership of it the other day. He said, I signed off on this. I well, believe- the documents were obviously there. Right. The documents are there, and they're top secret, and they need to be retrieved. Right. Right? But is it something that rises to the level of right. you're selling, like, this is Oppenheimer, like, we're selling nuclear secrets, if you it, know? Even if he didn't sell nuclear secrets. That's a, but that's kind of like the rumor, like, nuclear secrets are there, and somehow... Why being, would they be there? Let's just hypothetically for a moment assume that the Washington Post article is real with their sources, that there are nuclear documents there. Thomas, can you think to yourself, why would Donald Trump have those documents there? What would be the number one reason? To me, the only reason would be for financial gain. Giving that information to somebody that's... And let's also remember... That it was Jared Kushner that got a $2 billion investment from the Saudis. The Saudis have been interested in our nuclear capabilities for decades. $2 billion investment from the Saudis to Jared Kushner. Hmm, interesting. I'm just saying, I know it's a theory, and I don't know this for sure, but I think it's worth asking that question. That's all. And... I don't know if there's nuclear stuff in there. I don't know. I know that the Washington Post is usually pretty good with their sources. I know that if they were wrong and that this was a complete fabricated lie, that would be a pretty big retraction and they could be sued. So I believe that that's probably what's here. And again, we asked ourselves this question. It's a very important question you needed to ask. Why? Why did Donald Trump have these classified documents there, number one? And by the way, we know it wasn't a mistake, and we know he didn't declassify these documents. That's nonsense. There's a process that you have to go through. You can't just wave your magic wand as president. I'm going to declassify these documents. That's not how it works. I read about this. not how it works. The question is, why? Why didn't he, and by the way, some people on the right on Fox News are saying, oh, well, he complied. No, he didn't. The FBI subpoenaed these documents. He refused to give them up. We know his attorneys said, we already gave everything up. There's nothing else there. That was a blatant lie. Why? Why are his attorneys lying and covering for him? And why did Donald Trump 
refuse to hand over these documents. I've said a lot of things about Donald Trump. I've never called him stupid. You could make the argument having these documents at Mar-a-Lago was pretty stupid, pretty dumb. But why? There had to be a reason. This wasn't just a simple mistake. There is a reason why those documents were at Mar-a-Lago. There is a reason why he would not comply what with the subpoena. The re- what if the reason would be to have this kind of action be taken and to spin this action back around, a little jujitsu? Uh, coming up to the election, coming up to him filing for candidacy, letting everybody know, and getting more support from his base. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, look, that's the whole game plan from this guy. He's not going for the middle or to attract people from the other side. He's I, going, I'm going all in with my base. And what if that could actually be the motivation where, like you said, he's not stupid. All the stuff that he's been doing, all the rhetoric he's been spewing has been in order for him to gain power, which he's done, and it's still working. So what if he just helped? Oh, subpoena came? Oh, you know what? Let, let them come raid me. Let them raid me. And then when they raid, we're going to spin it back around. I That's an interesting theory. Joe Walsh, I mean, he talks about, like, this. this these yeah. could be big missteps right now. It's an interesting the theory, and a lot of the staunch Trump supporters, or maybe those after the January 6th hearings that were kind of stepping away from Trump a little bit, uh, I've heard a lot of people, including Joe Walsh, former presidential candidate on this show, this very, this very show, that said that this is going to help Donald Trump politically, that this is going to help him politically, it's going to help him with his base, and he, this makes him the automatic front runner to run for president in the 2024 election. So I've heard that. That's an interesting theory, but... I guess I wouldn't put anything past Donald Trump, but boy, boy, to think that a former president actually wanted his home to be raided by the FBI so that it could rev up his base and running for office in 2024, while it could be true, it's hard for me to believe that that, that was an act- actually his but, intention. you know, it's hard for me to believe the other way. Like, this guy, I mean, how brazen you were going to sell secrets to the Saudis— that could jeopardize national security. But Thomas, I mean, here's come why. On, that's that's a but, pretty. But Thomas, here's why I believe he could have done that. First of all, this is a guy who open publicly wrote love letters to Kim Jong Un. This is a guy who took on a world stage took Vladimir Putin's word over our own intelligence on a world stage, standing right next to him. This was a guy who had a public recorded phone call with the president of Ukraine. Had a public phone call with Zelensky, and in that phone call is basically saying to him, basically, we're going to give you what you want, but you got to investigate my political rival, Joe Biden. Now, most people under normal circumstances would say, oh my God, Trump would never do something like that, but he did. So that is why I am not putting any of this behind him. He will not release his tax returns. Why? I believe he's got a lot more financial problems than, than would anybody else would, you know, would, lead, would he lead you to believe. He is not a billionaire. I don't believe he's worth hundreds of millions either. He just got a loan to build another property in New York City. So, I mean, I don't think he's got the money that he tells people he does. And I believe when you add all this together, the fact that he can't handle the fact that he is not in power anymore, that he might have financial issues, that he is willing to take it the distance and break the law and to find votes and to lean on people electorates leaning on you know secretaries of state republicans to try to find votes to lie as long as he's had for years can i tell you something yeah. though about politics and that's on the presidential stage but even on the local politics level man this after the campaign post campaign post losing an election litigation that starts up to try and block and get the other candidates removed mm-hmm. and change the outcome of the election 
happens all the time and it's not just here locally in vegas it's in every political sphere Mm -hmm. just at the presidential level they usually don't go that route with it but when you get to lesser offices that route gets taken a lot through the courts i mean they get petitions they falsify petitions to have a recall a recount all kinds of things happen and if you go back to the 2000 election it was al gore that just said Let's let's just do the right thing and have the country move forward. Mm-hmm. Well, when you look right? at Al Gore, a, a, a decent man. You remember how he got really screwed over with those votes be, uh, counted or not counted in, in Florida. Came down to a couple hundred votes. I mean, it's ridiculously close. Uh, a lot of people argue that Al Gore probably won that. They do that election. And, but what yeah. happened was there for the betterment of the country. Right. Let's not drag this out. And that's anymore. what Al Gore did. And Man, I have all the respect. That's not what Donald Trump is doing. No, he's doing the opposite. He's Al doing Gore. The exact opposite. Al Gore, you're right. Al Gore showed decency because he cares about this country. I believe Al Gore is a decent human being. Even though I am not a Hillary Clinton supporter, the night of the elections in 2016, she conceded and she called Donald Trump. Oh, and by the way, she also went to that very special day for some when Donald Trump, the inauguration, she was there. Of course Donald Trump didn't show up when Joe Biden was sworn in. Um, So listen, we can go on and on. You mentioned Joe Walsh. Uh, Joe Walsh said, quote, uh, on Twitter today, Democrats waited until Trump committed impeachable offenses before they impeached him. That's how it's supposed to happen. Republicans, though, have already made up their minds. They intend to impeach Biden and Garland as acts of revenge. The Republican Party is fully radicalized. I agree with him 110%. 110%. We know what Donald Trump did on that phone call with Zelensky. It is absolutely obvious what he did. You can't ask a foreign entity and, and another president of the United States to investigate one of your political rivals. That's exactly what Trump did on that phone call. We know what happened on January 6th. We know the uh, incitement. We absolutely know what happened there. We, you know, we know about all this stuff. But Joe Walsh is right. Republicans want this guy Garland decades and decades and decades of experience, well-respected among Republicans and Democrats, and they want him impeached. Why would Biden be impeached? What has he done? You can disagree with some of his policies. Name me one thing that Joe Biden has done that you think would be an impeachable offense, because I can't think of one. And by the way, he's done a lot of good things. It's been a pretty darn good month for Joe Biden. Gas prices have been going down for two months straight. Two months straight, gas prices have been going down. We talk about some of these things that are passed, and for the first time, we have a president under a president where Republicans and Democrats have come together and put together some gun laws on the books. We haven't had that in a very, very long time. You know, and we talk about, you know, besides the infrastructure bill, there are a lot of things that a lot of things that he has passed here in the last several weeks that are positives for Joe Biden. Does it mean he's a a perfect president? Absolutely not. I have my issues with him. I have my certainly have my issues with Kamala Harris. But it has been a good month for Joe Biden. He has passed some bills that are going to help this country move forward, whether inflation, uh, just just uh, and especially when it comes to uh, John Stewart was a big part of this too. the bill. uh, And I'm sure you heard about this, where our brave men and women in uniform that are breathing in these toxins can finally get the health care that they need. That was Joe Biden who pushed that forward. That wasn't the Republicans. The Republicans didn't want to pass that. John Stewart was a big part of it. But Joe Biden deserves a lot of credit for that. But you'll never hear Republicans give him credit for the things he's done, particularly in the last month. Uh, You could could argue that, uh, you know, prior months he's made some mistakes, no question about it. But in the last month, this has been a good month for Joe Biden. I'll leave it at that. And I don't care whether you're a Republican or Democrat. I think it's been been a very, very good month. Uh, four or five weeks for the president of the United States. Do I think he should run again in 2024? No. I don't think that'll be good for Democrats. I don't think that'll be good for the country. I think he's too old. I think there should be like 
an age limit. Would you agree with that? I'd say 70. Mm, I don't want to put a number on it. You know, it depends what kind of 70 you You can't be you are. 85, right? It depends what kind of 70 you are. I just don't want somebody... Well, you know, you put an age like 85, but, you know, 85 nowadays is not like 85 it was 30 years ago. Just That's like true. 60 nowadays is not like 60 as it was 30 years ago. Would you Would you have a problem so, with a 28-year-old running for president? I know it's illegal right now, but the yeah, age is 30. i got a big problem with a 28-year-old. So you, you need to be 30. Those 28-year-olds don't yeah. know anything about life or what they're doing. Most. Look at all these 28-year-olds we run into out there. Most. Most. You know? Most. Not all. I would say Most. Millenn- I'm, I, I'm not a big millennial person, but uh, 30 years old, I'm okay with I mean, that. Is I'm it okay 35, right? We're 35, I'm sorry. I mean, 35, and yep. look, none of us really get to know who we are, and some of us never do, but it's usually to late 30s, early 40s, to where you're really even getting to know yourself. You've had enough life experience. So that's the reason why they put that out there a long time ago. 35 was like older, an older 35 than it is nowadays. You know? True. Maybe they should bump that bad boy up to 45. Uh, uh, 40. Let's if, do 40. If you're going to do 40, I think 40 to 70. I think that's a good uh, – uh, and I understand what you're saying. That, you know, everybody's different. Some people are going to be more mature. You know, Matt Gates is, is – is, I don't know. He's up there, but he's, he acts like he's 15. So, I mean, you know, everybody's different. But uh, I think 70 years old is enough. I don't care what your health is like. I, I, I don't think I want somebody to be president old, older than 70. That's just my personal. So now if someone was like 68 – and running for president. I'd be okay with that. I'd be okay with that. So it's 70 I, you have to, to run. run. Yeah, so technically you could be the be president until you're 73, but that's it. You can't run again and be up for re-election if you're a- a- after the age of 70. That's just that's just my personal opinion. I don't know if that's going to happen. So if you want to talk about creepy Joe Biden and he's in the bunker and he's got Alzheimer's, well, guess what? Donald Trump ain't looking too good these days either. Have you seen him try to swing a golf club? That's all I'm going to say. Doesn't he uh, just say something, though? But the, these are the choices we're faced with to lead the most powerful nation. Pathetic. It's pathetic on both sides of the aisle. It's pathetic. We need younger people in office. I want people out of there. Just as much as I want Donald Trump out of there, I, uh, you know, uh, listen, I don't think Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer are, are going to ruin the country like Donald Trump is as far as our divide. But I want younger people in there. Pelosi, she's too old. Chuck Schumer, he's too old. I'm tired of these people. Get them out of there. They've been there too long. But, you know, it's, it, it, Donald Trump's playbook is not something that's just happening here in this country, you know, playing to conservatives and playing the race card and doing these things. Countries all over the world are going through this conservative swing, this right-wing swing. And so everyone's just watching each other and going, this is what's working. This is what's working. Yeah. Well, I, I tend to believe that right now in this country – and since Donald Trump took office, and I know he's no longer our president, but we have a lot of divide here. Right now, things are not working. We are more divided than we've ever been since I've been alive. I'm 42 years old. Let me old. tell you, I mean, you want to look at some other countries. Germany itself, the Nazi party has regained so much power mm-hmm. politically mm-hmm. in Germany. Mm-hmm. They've so much political backing from the populace, you know? And it's this right-wing rhetoric that is just, it's really, it's really touching, it's hitting a chord, striking a chord in a lot of people for some reason. Well, according to Tucker Carlson, the idea of white supremacy doesn't exist. <laughs> if you ask Tucker, who's a white supremacist sympathizer, that's what he would tell you. So it's uh, unfortunate. The times that we are living in now, we are very divided. I appreciate, uh, Thomas, you coming in. Give out that information. How do people contact you if you want to be uh, represented by Mr. Thomas Moskow, the former district attorney here in Clark County? Yes, yeah, 702-848-5555. 848-5555. Give him a call. Uh, I hope you don't get a DUI, but if you do, I would highly recommend... Uh, representation from Thomas Moskow. The guy knows what he's talking about, that's for sure. Marshawn Lynch should have called you. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I'm going to say on that Beast one. Beast mode, not guilty. Yeah, well, you're, I think you're right. 
I think you're right on that. I don't think he's going to be charged with with a DUI. Or I'm sorry, convicted. Convicted. He was charged. I don't think he's going to get that uh, conviction. It's hard to convict people yeah. nowadays. <laughs> Thank you, Marshall. Oh, well, we, you did get his confession on the air. Yeah, so. he already confessed on the air. Yeah. I mean, that's that's not good. Yeah. That's not good for his defense. Maybe I'll put that on YouTube today. Marshawn Lynch confesses live on Pushing the Limits. I could see that right now. That's going to happen. Uh, and then, uh, you know, maybe YouTube will make me take it down because there'll be some idiots out there that think that it was actually real. Which, yeah. I don't, yeah, exactly. Thank you, Marshawn. <laughs> Anyway, thanks for uh, coming on the show, Thomas. Always a pleasure to see you, my friend. And we will see you. You're going to be wearing the trunks at Sapphire. Well, oh, you, I don't. Please know. don't show I'm up. I'm going to try and make it out there. No promises, man. No promises. Oh, he's going to be out there. Come on, it's Thomas Moskal. He's going to be out there. Come on, the ladies are waiting for you. Oh my goodness. The ladies oh, are waiting for you. You're <laughs> look at this guy, right? He's a successful attorney. This is the testosterone. He's got talking the look. Again. He's got the this look. Guy got some testosterone, you know. <laughs> maybe it His is the sexual test- preferences maybe, going all over the place. Maybe it is man. the testosterone. I don't know. I'll leave Numchuck alone because I don't want him to turn my mic off anymore. Anyway, Thomas, hopefully, ho- I know it's hard to do to, to invite somebody to the Sapphire Pool and looking at all these beautiful topless women. I know it's. <sighs> I know I, I'm going to have to do a lot to lure you into that, but hopefully we will see you Friday. Speaking of a guy that's going to be co-hosting with me on Friday at Sapphire, he is Brian Salmon, lead sports anchor over there at Channel 3. He's going to be joining us next, talk a little aces, and of course, talk a little Vegas Golden Knights hockey as well. We'll take a break. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Look, it's impossible for the average person to find a great attorney out there. There's so much misinformation. Now, let me introduce you to former Chief Deputy District Attorney Thomas Moskal. He was Las Vegas' top DUI prosecutor for years. He prosecuted the most high-profile DUI cases in Clark County. No one knows more about DUI law in Nevada. Just Google it. If you get charged with DUI, whether it's a misdemeanor or even more importantly, a felony, you need Thomas Moskal representing you. His relationships with the prosecutors and judges and his knowledge of DUI law to work for you. So give him a call now or text him at 702-848-5555. It's your life and liberty that's at stake. Don't wait. Call now. That number again, 702-848-5555. Hey everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. They also offer general wellness exams and treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices, office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client, so please give them a call, 702-248-0554. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub? 
when you can be a hero. Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. All right, welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Tuesday. Also gearing up, of course, for the Las Vegas Aces. Game one of the playoffs tomorrow against Phoenix. Of course, minus Brittany Griner. It's a it's a sad situation, but we hope uh, she gets out of there and gets home soon. Got the Raiders coming off a W in preseason against the Minnesota Vikings. And as I mentioned, this Friday we're going to be broadcasting live from Sapphire Gentlemen's Club, The Pool. The topless pool, by the way. Topless being optional. I told Chris to leave his shirt on. I don't know if he'll comply. But uh, we got William Hung from American Idol. He's going to be coming out there, making an appearance, and coming on the show. That's going to be a lot of fun. Showtime! Sean Porter's going to be coming by, the former world champ. Uh, great guy. He's going to be coming by as well. Come by, say hello. And the guy we got got with us right now, he is the king anchor for Channel 3, and he's going to be coming on as well, co-hosting with me. I know we're going to have a great time on Friday. He is my man, Brian Salmon, joining us right now. Brian, thanks for coming on. How are you? I'm good, B-Man. How you doing? I am, I'll be doing better on Friday. I know that. I'll be doing better Friday, that's for sure. Uh, hey, hey, what we all? Yeah, that's going to that's gonna be a good time. Looking forward to that. So, Brian, this is an interesting time for Vegas sports, right? Of course, you got the Raiders season right around the corner. Uh, besides having the Raiders season right around the corner, let's start with the Aces before we talk Raiders. Uh, what do you make of uh, the regular season? Obviously, the Aces accomplishing what they needed to accomplish during the regular season, putting themselves in a very good position as the number one seed. And I think it's great, man. The fact that Becky Hammond comes over, the first million-dollar coach in the WNBA, first season, and all she does is lead the Aces right out of the gate to the best record, had a little hiccup in the middle of the season, and then they finish with the best record in the WNBA in just her first season. Asia Wilson looks like she's probably going to end up getting the uh, MVP. I mean, it's a real push. If it's really not, if it's not Asia, then maybe it's Kelsey Plum, but. You know, it looks like uh, the Aces are hitting on all cylinders right now. They're playing some of their best basketball heading to the playoffs. And they get an opportunity to play against a team that doesn't have Brittany Griner, as you said. But they have the motivation of the last time they were in the playoffs, they got knocked out by the Phoenix Mercury. So they know that they're dangerous. So they're going to be, you know, hopefully having a little bit of that uh, payback in the back of their mind. Yeah, I think there will be payback. You know, the fact that Brittany Griner isn't on this team, though, and, and also, you know, they have chemistry issues on this team as well. I think this is a very good matchup this year, right now, for the Las Vegas Aces. You mentioned uh, Becky Hammond. The thing that I really recognize with her, besides her, her basketball IQ, which is extremely high, is the relationship she has with yeah. her players. And, and listen... Bill Lambeer did a great job here. I am not knocking him as a coach. I think he, he was a great WNBA coach. He won a championship. He, he won a lot of games here. He did a phenomenal job. But with that being said, maybe the one criticism yeah. I had for Bill, I'm not, saying he had a, I'm, I'm not saying he had a bad relationship with his players, but the relationship was nowhere near the relationship that Becky Hammond has with her players, and I think that's really important. The chemistry is really good. Right yeah. I, yeah, go ahead. Oh, man, I, got, I got terrible uh, 
issues with you. You still got me, B? I got you. Go ahead. I can barely hear you, man. I'm sorry. I got you. Go ahead. Brian, did I lose you there for your, a second? Your signal's going out. Uh-oh. I feel like I'm good. No, you're good. You're good. Can you hear me okay? Did we lose Bri? Uh, I got I think we lost. I think we lost you. I also lost my producer, so that's that's unfortunate. But uh, <laughs> Brian, can you hear me? All right. I think we might have lost Brian some, and well, we'll get him back on the line. No problem. We were talking about the Las Vegas Aces, of course. We were talking uh, about Game One of the playoffs, which starts tomorrow, and we'll get we'll get B Sal back on the line. No question about that. Uh, game One tomorrow against Phoenix, and you know, I, we were talking a little bit about Brittany Griner and, and the. Really a devastating and difficult situation that she's going through right now. I can't even imagine what her family is going through, what her friends are going through. And I think there's two sides to this. I think there's two sides to the coin here when it comes to Brittany Griner, which is this. She made a mistake. Brittany Griner made a mistake that is going to haunt her probably for the rest of her life. Under law in Russia... What she had on her was 15 days in prison, which I would have been totally okay with. She has been behind bars for months and months, and now she was just sentenced to nine years. Utterly ridiculous. And a lot of people that maybe have a problem with powerful black women, a lot of people that maybe have a problem with powerful black women that happen to be gay, are the ones that are going after Brittany Griner. I think any reasonable person would agree she does not deserve this, the way she's been treated. And I do believe that she will come home. And I do believe that it might take some time, but I would say by January, and again, this is just an educated guess on my part, Russia has already admitted that they're in talks with the Biden administration and trying to get her home. This is going to happen, but it's going to be at a cost to the United States. That's on Brittany Griner, and we need to remember that. I don't believe Brittany Griner deserves what she's getting. I don't believe she's a bad person. I actually think she's a good person and a role model to a lot of young kids out there that want to be professional basketball players. She's a good person. I wouldn't say that about some other people, like Liz Cambage. We'll try to get Brian Salmon back on the line. We lost him there. Uh, we'll try to get him back. But, uh, you know, that's, it, it's a tragic situation. And uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens. Brian, do we have you back on? Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm here, man. I heard what you're saying about Brittany Griner, man. I, I couldn't agree with you more, man. It's it's very sad what she's going through, and nine years does not equal what she did. No, of course <laughs> Six not. Months doesn't equal what she did. So, uh, of yeah, course not. And, and we know bad that, situation over there. Yeah, and we know this Phoenix team coming in here, many of those uh, players had very close relationships with Brittany Griner. So we hope she comes back home safe. Uh, she made a mistake, but she certainly doesn't deserve what, what's happening to her right now. Uh, let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about the Raiders. I think we both agree that the Aces uh, certainly should get get, uh, get down to business tomorrow night and get the job done, game one of the playoffs. I would imagine it'll be a great crowd, and, and we'll wait and see what happens and look forward to the game. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Raiders. Uh, I, I know there's only so much you can make out of the preseason and we didn't see a lot of the starters uh, on this Raiders roster play against Minnesota. But, hey, we got some pretty good backup, backup quarterbacks. I'll say that. Uh, they look pretty good. Uh, <laughs> even though it's your backup, backup, 
back up, back up. Yeah, they looked pretty darn good. Uh, what do you take away from these first two games, uh, if anything, uh, positive uh, when it comes to this team and, and what you've seen so far with some of these younger guys? The, the biggest thing I take away from it, from the games that I've seen thus far, is that the team looks like they're, they're they seem well coached, like they know what they're doing. They're not missing assignments. Um, they, uh, they, they look, they look pretty sharp, honestly. You know what I mean? You don't see a whole lot of penalties. Um, they're their pass protection could be desired, but. Uh, also, their backup, 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 backup quarterbacks have looked good, man. I think Michael Vick plays for the Raiders or something, man. The way that Nick Mullins and Stidham have been running the ball, man. Like it's, it's been, it's actually been pretty nice to see. Uh, I, I'm, I think they're setting the bar pretty high. You know, it's the preseason, and it doesn't matter, and everything else, and blah blah blah. But if they go through the preseason undefeated, I think as much as it doesn't matter, it'll still look good to the people that are following the Raiders and the high hopes that a lot of people have for this team already. I agree with you. If you're just joining us, he is Brian Salmon, Channel 3 Sports. So, Brian, talking to some people, and there are some people that believe Derek Carr might not even see a snap in the preseason. I kind of disagree. I think we might see one or two drives, maybe a quarter of football. What do you see? You know what? I've been thinking about that. I think that down here in Miami for their next preseason game, I think we'll see Derek Carr at least for a bit. One thing is for certain is that um, I don't know if they've left the cat out of the bag, but Eric Allen said this when we were doing our training camp special show over at the Raiders team facility that the Raiders and the New England Patriots are going to have joint practices hmm. when New England comes out here for that for that um, for that preseason game. So if that's the case, a lot of those joint practices are when they'll have their first teamers going live bullets, so to speak. So maybe that'll be the only time that Derek Carr gets some reps or he gets like a series against Miami. But I think at some point you have to get some full speed reps. You definitely have to get some full speed reps to see you know, how everything is going with your team. Brian, you've interviewed a lot of coaches, not just in the NFL, but throughout the, the world of professional sports. What do you make of yeah. our new coach? What do you make of this coaching staff? You've spent some time around them. You've spent some time around our new coach. What do you make of him? What do you make of the way he interacts with the media so far? I think that uh, he's. I think he's trying to uh, in, insert a bit more of his own personality into his press conferences. Uh, he still plays a lot of stuff very close to the vest, somewhat like Belichick did. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think he's doing a better job than Belichick as far as like how he's uh, talking to the media. I, I think he's 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 been friendly with everybody. The new GM has been the same. Um, I mean, he, he's not John Gruden. No one is going to be John Gruden. John Gruden is probably one of the best coaches to have that you're covering because he's good for a soundbite and he knows how to play the whole media game. So that's definitely not Josh McDaniels. He keeps his his um, his comments very dry yeah. and he doesn't say anything, but he says a lot. <laughs> how many Raiders players do you think we'll see at Michelob Arena tomorrow night? Wow. Uh, I think we're going to see a good deal of them, man. As you're looking at my little ashy knee. Sorry about that. I think you're going see... <laughs> to see a good deal of them. Uh, I know one person you'll definitely see. Mark Davis. Well, yes, but Darren Waller. Darren Waller. Yeah, I, I've heard he has a love yeah. interest on the team. I don't know how true that is, but that that's just a rumor. Yeah. That's something yeah, that I've just heard. Just a rumor. When is Waller going to get out there and start playing? 
Well, yeah, he's he's dealing with a handy, I believe. Right. Um, that's what the, the word on the street is. But, yeah, I think Waller will be there. I think that, like you said, uh, the Raiders will show up. Mark Davis, I think he'll let it be known, like, hey, guys, if you get an opportunity, you know, please come out and support the Aces. Yeah. I don't even think necessarily he's have to say a whole lot. But yeah. I think there will be a lot, of, a lot of guys there, man. First playoff game, Asia Wilson, you heard her little rant after the game. Pleading to everyone to come out. And what did you make of that? What did you make of that? I thought it was hilarious. I thought yeah. it was great. Yeah. I ran on the news last night. I thought it was great. She's asking for uh, Councilman, the President, Dana White, mm-hmm. Pacquiao. You know, I mean. Well, Brian, I'll that. say this. I'll say this, Brian, and then I want to get your opinions on this. You know, when UNLV, and, and they still are struggling to win games, but they're certainly, UNLV basketball men, they're certainly in a better spot now than they were several years back. Uh, when the fans weren't showing up for those games, I defended the fans. And I said, you know what, it's not a really good product. Now, I didn't defend the students. The students should always come out. But I defended, you know, you, you want to pay for a product, you know, you want a winning team. And I'll say this about the Aces, this is a winning basketball team. They win. They're a really good product. They're a good WNBA product. And they're one of the best, if not the best team in the league. So I don't think there's an excuse. If, if you're a basketball fan, you need to come out because they are a good product. And they are, uh, you know, their only goal, the entire year was we got to win a championship, and that hasn't uh, you know gone away at all. So, did we lose B cell again? Oh man! All right. Well, you know what? Is he back? Go ahead, Bry. Yeah, I got you now. Go I ahead. got you now. I, I got a phone call in the middle. Oh, of this. sorry about I'm that. I'm sorry. <laughs> hope I hope it wasn't Mark Davis. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, go- uh. What do you? Uh, last question. What do you? What do you? What do you make on what I just said? Uh, you, you, I agree with Asia Wilson. It should be a packed house tomorrow. What's that? You think that who? I think it should be a packed house tomorrow. I agree with Asia Wilson. I agree. I agree yeah. completely. It should be a packed house. I mean, they had what over ten thousand last yep. last game. The the largest crowd they've ever had. Right at Michelob Ultra Arena. Right. So yeah. No, I, I think that we'll have a packed crowd. I yep. think uh, Darren Waller he'll invite a bunch of his buddies to be out there. Yep. And how about the? You show me the picture. The Phoenix Suns, Chris Paul, and Devin Booker, and yeah. all those other guys showed up to the game. Yeah. I thought that was. Yeah. I, I love seeing NBA guys at the WNBA games, specifically here in Las Vegas. Even guys that don't have a tie to it. It to me, it it tells everyone that what they're watching is a cool product and they should support the team. So yeah, I, I, I enjoy it. A lot. I think it's great as well. I think it's some of the best crowds, certainly the WNBA. Uh, Mr. Salmon, we'll let you go. I will see you and we will see you Friday at Sapphire Pool. Uh, looking forward to that show, Brian. We're going to have a great time. So thanks for coming on and we'll let you get back to work. B Sal uh, is on an Obama phone, I think, so we'll let him, we'll let him go. Uh, bad reception. But, Brian, I appreciate you coming on as always. Thank you so much. And, uh, yeah, the game tomorrow night is going to be a lot of fun. Um, and there's no Raiders preseason game tomorrow, so I'll be, I'll be at the game tomorrow. Um, now, listen. You hear that, John? Yeah, yeah. He'll be at the game yeah, tomorrow. So our listeners don't have to attack me today. But um, I go to Aces games because I have a good time. They're fun. I enjoy it. I enjoy covering the team. Everybody around the team, really good people. I wouldn't say that about some other organizations here. For the most part, everybody around the Aces are good, good people. And, and, you know, good management. Uh, general manager has been in studio before. The players have great chemistry, great coach, great coaching staff. You know, it's funny because uh, the Aces assistant, Natalie Nikasi, uh, I interviewed her years ago. 
like seven years ago, maybe? It feels like at least seven years ago, when she was an assistant coach under Doc Rivers when he was with the Clippers. And she was the first NBA, before Becky Hammond, she was the first summer league female on a coaching staff. And now she's an assistant coach under Becky Hammond, who is not only the first female head coach for an NBA summer league, she also won the championship that year with the Spurs. So uh, great coaching staff, great management. I love Mark Davis. And he's got to get a new haircut, but I do like Mark Davis a lot. He looks like Lloyd Christmas from Dumb and Dumber. I love, again, I love Mark Davis, but he's got to get a new haircut, man. Come on, that haircut's got to go. Come on, dude. Maybe he can't afford a haircut. I heard he's really struggling financially. Uh, I'll try to get him a coupon for a haircut. Uh, By the way, the guy that's talking about haircuts and getting haircuts is the guy that doesn't have any hair, or I'm the guy that, that... grows hair in all the wrong places. So, uh, But, no, I love the organization. So I wish them the best. I hope they win a championship this year, and it starts tomorrow. you got to get it done. Game one of the playoffs tomorrow, you got to get it done. Uh, fun to see Diana Taurasi. She's a legend. it uh, be fun to see her. Uh, sad, though. Sad, though, that we don't see Brittany Griner out there. She, needs, she should be out there. Very sad. We hope she comes home soon. Yeah, and as far as the Raiders go, uh, you're not going to learn a lot from preseason. I, I think it's, uh, in my personal opinion, the preseason in any professional sport, I would say that the NFL is probably the worst product when it comes to preseason because you don't hardly see any starters out there at all, at least in the NBA. And I know, listen, it's very different. It's more physical. I get all that stuff. But at least in the NBA, you, for the most part, you get your starters out there at least playing for a quarter or two, You know, at least in the first half. Uh, in the NHL, you're getting your starters out there skating and, and, and playing for the most part in, in, in most of those games. Not the first maybe few weeks of the preseason, but for the most part. Uh, in most sports including spring training in baseball, where at least you're going to get your superstars getting up there to a, uh, get a couple of bats in most, in most spring training games. Uh, as I've said before, the NFL preseason is the worst product. Uh, that I, I mean, I don't know. I think they should get rid of the preseason altogether, but if you're going to do a preseason, do two games and that's it. I just think it's ridiculous. I've always felt that way <laughs> when it comes to the NFL preseason. Uh, with that being said, I still, yes, I know, I still chose to go to the Raiders preseason game the other day and did not go to the Aces game. By the way, I went to the other two games, for those of you that want to continue to give me flack. Tomorrow on the show, we're going to have Michelle Mortensen in the studio. You might recognize that name. She was a TV anchor here in town for many years, and she is now a staunch Republican and a Republican voice that I would like to have on the show. So I said, why don't you come on? So she's going to be joining us on the show tomorrow, and I know we're going to mix it up. I know there's a lot of topics we're going to get into with her tomorrow, and we're going to have a good time with Michelle. So she'll be coming in tomorrow, and I greatly look forward to that. Again, as I mentioned before, uh, I look forward to the show we're doing at Sapphire Gentlemen's Club at the pool on Friday. And uh, we got some very special guests. William Hung from American Idol is going to be joining us. Come by and meet him. Also, the champ himself, former world champion, Showtime. Sean Porter is going to be joining us there as well. Brian Salmon is going to be co-hosting the show with me. Chris Wynn will be there. Uh, It's still up in the air whether Thomas Moskal will be there. I don't know, but I appreciate Thomas coming on the show today and joining us. Always fun. Uh, Please follow me on social media, Twitter, at PushingLimitsLV. And follow us on the Facebook page, which is uh, Pushing the Limits. The fan Facebook page, Twitter, we're everywhere. We're all over the place. And the YouTube page, which is PTL Vegas. So join us there as well. Thanks for, thanks for joining us live, everybody. Have a great day.